You're about to hear a sermon from Pastor Jeff Pruer, Senior Pastor of Freedom Life Church of God in Henderson, North Carolina. For more information about our church and our ministry, please visit us online at freedomlifecog.org. Let's get a glimpse of what's coming up. Let me tell you why I'm so happy. If I shut my eyes tonight, Jesus is going to come for me. He said, he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. We're not so but a toe. I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am they may be also. Here's what's going to happen. My dead body may, may, may lie in a coffin in the front of this church, but my soul and spirit will march down the streets of gold. Hallelujah. I'll rejoin those that have gone on before. What a day and what a time we'll have. Glad you're washed in the blood. Uh, that's enough to be glad about. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter that I didn't get the raise on the job or the promotion or the new car or the house. I'm just glad I'm saved. Can I ask you something? Is that enough for you? Is that enough to shout about? Is that enough to praise God? I'm saved. You're listening to Right Now Word with Pastor Jeff Pruitt. Let's get right into this message. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 32, 47. We are still preaching and teaching on the family. Tonight I want to talk about lost children. Probably nothing as terrifying, heartbreaking, as burdensome as having a lost child. I don't have children, but I know I have nieces and nephews that need the Lord, and I know how that pain hurts. I can't imagine if you're a father or a grandfather, mother, grandmother, and that child that you love so much is not saved. Now that's a hard place to come to in our life. It's a hard place to come to a realization that they're not bad people, that you love them, but they're lost. And don't ever give up on them. Don't ever get comfortable with them being out of church and not serving God. Don't ever let the devil make your mind at ease. Always fight the good fight of faith for your family. Deuteronomy 28, 32 says, Our sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people. And you shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long. And there will be no might in your hand. In other words, you'll see it. You'll see your children lost. You'll see your family lost. And it hurts and it breaks your heart. It seems like nothing you can do. Verse 47 says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of things. I want to preach a few moments on lost children. Heavenly Father, would you breathe upon this congregation, those watching by Facebook, wherever they may be, that with this message would speak a fresh, right now, challenging word to the hearts of men and women. God, we believe that your word is spirit and is life. We believe that when you say something, that there is a quickening power behind it. So, Lord, touch us, stir us, revive us, empower us. And everything that you do, God, will give you praise, honor, and glory. And everybody shouts amen. Second service Sunday morning, seven people saved. Give God praise. Then got a call, one on the Facebook. 
I believe it was Pam's daughter down at the beach, uh, uh, got saved, under conviction, got saved. Somebody say amen. We never know who we're reaching. Amen. I want to ask you a, a, a question tonight, a very soul-stirring question. Why are we losing our children to this cursed world? Children that we raised up in church, that we cut their teeth on the backside of the pew. Children whose first Sunday in the world was in church. We dedicated those little babies to the Lord. We, they, we, we took care of them in our nurseries and taught them in Sunday school classes and children that have been around the anointing, around the shouting, around the power of the Holy Ghost. How could we possibly lose them as much as we've invested and deposited into their little lives? How could we lose them with a God like we serve? Somebody say amen. How can we lose them with the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Word, with all our ministries and all of our activities and everything we do to help children? And I want to pause right here and say, Thank you for every children's worker in this church. Thank you. I appreciate you. God is going to bless you. To know it. And if you're not involved in ministry, children's ministry, team ministry would be a good place to get involved in. How can we lose our children with all the word we're feeding them, with all the prayers, with all the concern we have for them? How in the world are we losing them? How can they sit in our churches and backslide and drift away and turn against the church? How can they become drug addicts and alcoholics and wind up pregnant in trouble after hearing this great gospel preach? How can they turn to the wickedness of this world? I'm talking about church kids. How are we missing it? How are we losing them? With all the great preaching and singing and worship, why are we losing them? So you might think this is entertainment, but what we're doing is we're ministering to people. When I get in this pulpit, I'm fighting for your soul. I'm fighting for your family. I'm fighting for your children. I'm not just preaching you a little sermon. I'm fighting for your soul. What about uh, who's to blame? Who, who do we blame? Uh, who's the cause of it? Is it a secular school system? Is it the loss of today's morals? Is it the explosion of so much wickedness and ungodliness that's in our world? I know it's gotten worse than it's ever been, but can I say this? Is Jesus Christ not the same as he was yesterday? Is it a dominance of the devil, the influence of Hollywood? Is it MTV, internet, cell phones, Facebook chat rooms? Is it the failure of the church to reach those children? The scripture given is the cause. And I now document from the scripture the diagnosis of the divine God and the demise of our sons and daughters why we're losing our children. According to the highest authority known, the God of the universe. De Deuteronomy 28, the Bible uh, uh, points a pathetic, painful, horrifying, tormenting picture. Listen to what it says. Thy sons and thy daughters will be given to another people. I'm heartbroken that the world would get our children. I'm heartbroken that our children have more allegiance to the world than they do the church. Every gift our child has was given to them by God to be used in the house of God so that we could build up the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want them in Nashville. We don't want them in Hollywood. We want them in church around the altars working for the Lord. Amen. The scripture says, thine eyes shall look 
and fail with longing all the day long. You can't have joy when your children are lost. You got a temporary peace at one time. But when you get to thinking about if they're not saved, they're going to bust hell out of them. I, I, I know that's a hard thing to say, but it's true. Sitting in church, broken and burdened for children, how can we worship God with all these cares? In other words, there seems to be nothing we can do about it. We beg, we plead for them to come. They seem to get harder and harder. They still get high. They still run with the wrong crowd. They still uh, live together in sin. They still get in trouble. They're still going to the hell holes. They don't seem to be doing any better. As much as we try to work on them, they're still out there. And there seems to be absolutely nothing that seems to touch them. Verse 34 says, Thou shalt be mad, for the sight of thine eyes shalt thou see. In other words, it'll almost drive you crazy. How many is laid in bed all night long and you couldn't sleep thinking about children doing stupid stuff? Go out there in the world, you know if Jesus were to come back or they would get killed in a car wreck, that they would not make it to heaven. I know we preach a good sermon for them, and I hope they do go to heaven, but the truth of the matter is they're going to be judged by the same book that you and I are going to be judged by. Verse 41 says, Thou shalt begat sons and daughters, but you will not enjoy them, for they shall be taken captive. You love your kids, but they're doing stuff they got no business, and it's no joy in that. Our ch children will become prisoners to the devil flesh in the world. Then verse seven, 47 tells us why this is happening. Why the children are leaving the church. Why the children are turning their back on church. Listen, are you ready for this? Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, with gladness of heart, for the abundance that things has God done for you. In other words, says the reason we're losing children is because you and I are not serving God with the joy of the Lord. We're serving God. We just don't have any joy. We come to church. We just don't want to be here. Oh, come on now. We, we lift our hands and praise God like it's a burden. Let me tell you something. Jesus took that cross of Golgotha's hill. I'm not going to sit in church and act like a piece of furniture. God's been good to me. We need to have some joy back in the house of God. God's been good to me. I was a heartbeat away from hell, but Jesus saved me. Is anybody glad that you're saved? If you sit there with your arms crossed and legs crossed and just nod your head, something's wrong. Your wood is wet. God's good. Somebody shout amen. God is good. Amen. It says these things are happening to our children. They're leaving the church because folk in the church ain't got no joy. Ain't got no gladness. So it says, it says they were serving God. They were going to church. They were singing the choir. They just had a bad attitude. I tell the choir, I tell the praise team, if you can't put on a happy face up here, sit down. I don't want you to uh, sing like you at a funeral. You ought to praise God with gladness. If you want to create some worship out there, better be some worship up here. Amen. Amen. It's not how good you sing, it's how you worship. We're more concerned about how you're leading in worship, not how good you sing a song. It says there was absence of godliness with gladness, holiness without joyfulness, righteousness without rejoicing. What they were doing was not rooted in gratitude. We just come to church and take it for granted. We come in like God owes us, folks. And then we, we sit at home and, and fuss and fight. I don't know if I'm going or not. We got to put everything before the church. God says because of that spirit, we're losing our children to the world. We need in church today is a revival of joy, 
a revival of gladness. The joy of the Lord, get this, is the power to break the chains off your children. I said the joy, the power of joy is the power to break the chains off your children. Amen. David said, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad. He didn't say, this is the day I get a raise. This is the day I won the lottery. This is the day the doctor gave me a good raise. He said, this is just another day. But God give it to me, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad. Can you just praise God for another day? For another day. For another day. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I got up this morning in my right mind. I was able to walk across the room. I was able to eat my breakfast. I praise God for another day. You may take it for granted, but God's been good to us. Look at your neighbor and say, why are you praising God? And you say, because it's another day. Did you get a raise? No. Did you get a new job? No. Did you get a new car? No. Did you get a new house? No. I got another day. Hallelujah. David said, I'm just going to get happy because I got another day. What are you so happy about? Another day? Why you, why you just got so much joy? Another day? Oh, come on now. Amen. I know you're saved, but are you glad about it? If some of you are glad, you ought to notify your face. I know you go to church, but are you glad about it? You're tired, but are you glad about it? See, what you don't understand when you tie, oh, man, I got tired. Man, when you connect your seed with God's kingdom, God, David said, I've been young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. In other words, God is hooking up to the seed I plant. And if I sow seed, I'm going to reap harvest. Somewhere down the road, I'm going to see a great harvest. Somebody shout amen. That's the reason it ain't like, you know, sometimes you take an offering up or receive tithe and offering. It's like pulling two. Oh, Lord, get that over with. All y'all wants my money. It ain't your money. And we don't want it. God's going, God don't even need it. You need the soil to sow it so you can have a harvest. I stand and sing, but are you glad about it? I teach children in the back, but are you glad about it? I lead groups. I drive vans and buses. I play instruments, but am I glad about it? There's too much grumbling and complaining and ingratitude, and that spirit drives our children and disconnects our children. Too much of woe is me. Too much begging and pleading and, and priming and pumping. We ought to come in here every service on fire for God. I shouldn't have to set a fresh fire. You ought to come with some fire. Can I ask you, Le'Veon, has God been good to anybody today? Thank you, Lord. God's been better to us. We've been to him, hasn't he? Too much boredom in the pews. Uh, too much effort to get mom and dad just to worship or to come to church. Too much griping and grumbling and murmuring. That's why our children are saying, I'd rather have the world. We need a revival of joy. I'm talking about just glad I'm saved. I once was lost, <laughs> but now I'm found. Hey, hey, you didn't get this. I was on my way to hell. See, see, I come from a generation that you know that you know. See, today they don't know. They're going to hell and don't even know it. 
Because they think they can change the word of God and live like hell and still go to heaven. But the same word is, 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 is yesterday is today. So, so people today, I don't care if they're living together. I don't care how they, how they live. They're drinking. They're drugging. They do, never go to church. They're going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. You talk to them. Everybody's going. I hope so, but I don't see it in the word. Uh, amen. But I come from a time that you knew you were lost. I've had people witness to me when I was lost, and I say, yeah, I'm on my way to hell, but I'm having a good time, and I don't want to go to church now. And they say, you need to change before it's too late. I said, no, I don't want it now. But I didn't say I'm as saved as anybody in the church. And if they go into heaven, I'm going. I didn't say that because I know if you're sinning and living in the world, you're not going to heaven. I know that's hard to hear. We need some men with a backbone behind a pulpit. Talk about hell. Talk about being lost. Amen. We need to rejoice our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me tell you why I'm so happy. If I shut my eyes tonight, Jesus is going to come for me. He said, he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. We're not so but I told you. I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am there may be also. Here's what's going to happen. My dead body may, may, may lie in a coffin in the front of this church, but my soul and spirit will march down the streets of gold. Hallelujah. I'll rejoin those that have gone on before. What a day and what a time we'll have. Glad you're washed in the blood. Uh, that's enough to be glad about. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter that I didn't get the raise on the job or the promotion or the new car or the house. I'm just glad I'm saved. Hey, can I ask you something? Is that enough for you? Is that enough to shout about? Is that enough to praise God? I'm saved. There's too many people sit back in church and yawn. And I said, if you go to sleep in here, we need the ambulance for you. You've had a heart attack. Too much entertainment, too much routine. We need in the church. Here's how we're going to get our kids back. An explosion of joy. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's the strength to snatch our kids out of the hands of the devil. It's our strength to snatch our grandchildren out of the hands of the devil. Somebody say joy. Amen. You need your joy back. We need our shout back. We need to be a Pentecostal church again. Amen. We need to run and shout. and Oh, it don't take all that. How many was raised up in that? Man, I'm telling you what. When I went to Church of God when I was a kid, if they wasn't shouting and dancing and, and, and speaking, speaking in tongues, I, I'd know I was in the wrong place. I mean, I don't care how, what was going on, how many people said, before the church service was over, somebody was going to get happy. And we ought to be happy in the house of God. Amen. Our children need to see holiness with joyfulness. Righteousness with joyfulness. Uh, church with joyfulness. Serving God with joyfulness. Amen. Sunday school teaching with joyfulness. Ushering with joyfulness. We don't need workers and ushers and choir singers and praise teams that look like funeral home directors. What did I talk about Sunday about donkey maintain? Tie your donkey up. Leave your donkey at home. I know we got to have order in here, but, but get your eyes on the Lord. Don't you fill a position and miss God in this place. God's got something good for you. In the midst of your bad news, God is a good news God. Amen. Amen. We need so much joy that 
that they start running from the sound room. I noticed one night at count meeting, David came out of the sound room getting an altar. The Bible says, with joy you draw water out of the well of salvation. Get this, with joy we draw people to God. We draw our children. We've been fussing at them. They know they're doing wrong. We've been mad at them. They know they're doing wrong. But joyfulness draws people to the Lord. Joyfulness draws people to the church. Joyfulness draws in the city, draws in our teenagers, draws the backslider, draws the children back when they begin to see the power of joy in your life. We have more to shout about and praise God about today than we ever had, and we do it less. I'm glad I'm labeled a fanatic. I'm glad you got a loud preacher that shouts and praise God and dances and talks. I'm glad. And if you don't like it, you're in the wrong place because I'm not quiet enough. I've been passing this church 37 years and I've come in here shouting and I'm going to keep on shouting. The joy of the Lord. I look back and see where God brought me from to where I am today, to where he's taken me. My God, I got to praise him. Amen. I think one of the sad things about it is to be saved but have no joy. Be saved but complain and going to church mad. And your kids see that. Your kids are watching that. We, we blast our young people. Look what they're doing. The reason we got so many teenage icicles in the church is because we got so many churches full of mom and popsicles. Now, I touched base on this the other day, and I'm going to get back in. Every once in a while, your children ought to see you worship. I've got to ask you a question. Has your kids ever seen you move? watched Angie run and we watched this one do that and we watched that one fall. Has your kid ever seen you worshiping God? I think we're coming to a time that if we want to keep our children in church and bring our children back, we take them by the hand and say, come on, I'm going to show you how to get down with the Lord. You ought to jump up, grab your child's hand, say, run around the church with me. Come on. I'm going to teach you not how to throw a ball, not how to shoot a gun, not how to swing a golf club. I'm going to teach you how to worship God and it's joy unspeakable and full of glory and this joy will keep you and this joy will strengthen you and this Joy will help you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I want to teach you how to dance in the spirit. Don't look at me. Funny. Anybody remember when we were kids going to church, Jonathan, and, you know, coming from a wholeness church, what we played, we played church. Now, we played cowboys and Indians, stuff like that, but, but one of our main things, we played, you know what we did, Leroy? We, had, we got us a pulpit somewhere. Got us a box or something, and one guy would preach, and another guy would lay hand and fall out in the spirit, talk in tongues, run. We didn't know what we was doing at Harvey, but we was playing church. At least they knew that the church was different than anywhere else you were to go. Hallelujah. I will serve the Lord with gladness. If we serve the Lord with gladness, we will keep our kids out of the crack house. We'll keep our kids uh, out of the back seat and getting pregnant before marriage. If we serve God with gladness, we'll keep our kids off the streets. If we serve God with gladness, we'll keep our kids out of false doctrine. If we serve God with gladness, we'll keep our kids out of perversion and pornography and wickedness. Listen, parents, don't ever say to them, we got to go to church. 
you ought to get up on Sunday morning and say, praise God, we get to go to church. I try to say this every Sunday morning when I get up. Praise God. I get to preach today and go to the house of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Children, let parents don't ever. See, church should be like the highlight of their life. Amen. See, church should have priority over sports. Go ahead and get mad at me because I know you want them to, to be uh, uh, world champion ball players. And, and hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but if, you, if you sacrifice their soul for that, well, if a man gained the whole world, when, 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 when ball is more important than church, oh, oh man, man, we got to get our priorities back. Somebody's got to take the, uh, them by the hand and say, I don't care if you never hit a home run or make the winning touchdown or become the next president of the United States, I want you to worship with joy. If I can get you to worship with joy, then we can keep you from the, uh, uh, the strongholds of hell. If I ever get you smiling in church, if I ever get you praising God in church, if I ever get you glorifying God, if I ever see you while praise and worship is going on and you're doing this, hallelujah, if I can ever get that in, but they're not going to do it because you won't do it. I'm just not that kind. Well, you need to turn into that kind. I'm going to close with this. Listen to what the Bible says. In Nehemiah 13, in those days I saw the Jews had married wives of Eshad, of Abnam, and of Moab. And their children could not speak the Jewish language. They intermarried, and they lost their identity. And they couldn't speak the Jewish the compromise of the parents destroyed the comprehension of the children so much when they, when they tried to talk to them in their native tongue, the children could not understand what they were saying. They didn't know what they were talking about. And that's what's happening today. When we, that's why our children don't understand when we talk about miracles. We talk about tongues and interpretation. We talk about visions and dreams, fasting and praying. We talk about the need to serve the Lord, about holiness and righteousness, about standards, about doctrines, about dressing in modest apparel. They don't understand that. They don't understand that. About not watching certain movies. They don't understand why. Not listening to certain music. Why? Our children, our only hope is that we begin to serve the Lord with gladness and joy. To get our children back. David, can you put that? Are you up there? Can you put that back on the boy? Lost children. I heard a man say one time, "There's only one thing worse than being lost, and that's have nobody looking for you." Lost children. Lost children. Sitting there, could that be your child or your grandchild that was raised in church? That, that they know what's right or wrong. But they won't come because we won't serve God with joy. It is the power of joy that will bring the children back. You just heard a sermon from Pastor Jeff Pruer, Senior Pastor of Freedom Life Church of God in Henderson, North Carolina. For more information about this church or if you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at freedomlifecog.org.